Welcome to another episode of Going Beyond the Scale. If you were with me on Sunday, I had mentioned that I wanted people to consider this week to expect the unexpected. And I wanted you to play around with the idea of surprises, things that you could do. Maybe it was somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe it's somebody you don't even know and you saw at supermarket and you had a conversation with them. Um, I just thought for all of us, it might be an interesting thing this week to actually um, maybe call somebody, surprise somebody. And I've done this each day since Sunday to do something. Um, today, I'm very excited because I have not done a podcast in a while. And I surprise somebody that's going to be on tonight. And I, I think there's going to be a surprise for a lot of people that know this particular person. And when I was setting this up, I thought it was, you know, I'm thinking about like, what do I want to title this? And truly, this conversation tonight is the first conversation of many that I intend to have with this person. And truly, it's almost 60 years in the making. Um, on March 13th, um, she will be 60 years young. I am 63 years young. And so who it is, it's my sister Kelly. A lot of you guys have probably seen Kelly and I uh, posting some pictures and things together, some joint conversations that we've had recently. And for many people that know Kelly and know me, that's actually kind of a new um, occurrence. So here's my sister Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. I'm glad you're Good here. Good to see you. Yeah. Um, we, Kelly and I um, are obviously siblings and we're just two in our family. And um, I've asked her to come on here for a bunch of reasons. One is because she and I over the past year have been doing a lot together, which I'm going to have Kelly share as well. And there's a surprise at the end. Um, in the spirit of surprises, a surprise at the end I want uh, Kelly to be able to share with people as well. So with that introduction, instead of me talking about all the things that who she is, I want her to do more of the talking tonight because, as you guys know, I talk all the time. So I'm trying to relax myself and let her talk a little bit more. So, um, Kelly, thank you for being here. And the first thing I really want to – um, obviously, people that know us and know you know a lot about you, but for people that don't know you, I would really like you to kind of like tell them who you are, not in what you've done so far yet, but like who are you uh, in, in terms of your life right now and what's really important and what's passionate to you? So um, one of the things I thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I can say is I have the distinction in this world of honestly being the only person who can say you're my brother. Hmm. And it's really wonderful. And as we talk tonight, it'll be pretty funny and say, would that have been something that necessarily I would have said before, or we would have even shared. So I would say um, I am, wow, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a sister. I am a absolutely over the top, proud grandmother. In That's fact, I would say glorious. Um, I'm a nurse and I'm a businesswoman. And I think probably even more importantly is I am over the moon excited to be about to be alive and to be able to generously contribute to the world. So that's kind of what I am. And when you mentioned about being a nurse, one thing I do want to say, um, which I'm extremely proud of you about, is that you actually, we were going to do this early in the morning, but you got called in because you're doing something right now that I'm very proud of. What is it you, you just got back from? What, what are you doing? Well, <clears throat> when COVID happened as an RN, I've been an RN a long time, and it's been part of my career. 
um, I did that to help people. And when COVID happened, my question was, how can I contribute? And I was an ICU nurse. So I haven't practiced as an ICU nurse in a while. So that wasn't the best place for me to be. But I am now proudly what they call kind of funny, a pod boss. So I'm actually helping to lead and to support a local community hospital's COVID vaccination center. And I cannot tell you how exciting it is to be able to help people get this vaccination that's really going to help to change the world. Or as my granddaughter, Claire, would say, help to get rid of the sickness so we can all get back to normal. But so, yeah, they needed me to change my schedule. And I'm more than happy to do it because I tell you what, every single person that's getting this vaccine, if you would see the look of happiness and actually hope. And so it's kind of like giving a hope, you know, one shot at a time. I love that. I love that. But that leads into my next question um, for people to kind of know a little bit about your background. You and I both have very eclectic business backgrounds or like the, the question people ask all the time, you know, what do you do? And I know in your world, because you've been doing so many things and you're very involved in the community, what was going to be interesting tonight is you've had lots of people asking what you're doing. People are like, have you retired? What are you doing? Like everyone's like, they're curious about what, what you're doing. And we'll get to that. But um, so people have a better perspective. Like what, what have you done professionally in your lifetime so far? Okay, so um, as I mentioned, I, I became a nurse. That was my first career. Although I, I could say it, you know, actually you and I grew up <laughs> having entrepreneurs for family members. So from the time I was 13, I was actually helping to run a business, do paperwork, all of that. But my, my career started as a registered nurse and I kind of accidentally fell into that. I, I honestly would say I didn't pick it. Um, and it, and that in some ways, that it's one of those blessings. You never know what's going to happen. But I started out as a registered nurse, and I worked in intensive care. So I went straight from nursing school into intensive care, and I loved it. So cardio, thoracic ICU, CCU, and all of that. And then from that, I literally kind of my my career evolved from working in insurance nursing to helping to set up healthcare systems to actually going and getting my MBA in international business of all things. And I went from kind of taking care of a one-on-one -on -one people to actually helping to manage and to support um, populations of people from primary care to substance abuse to, to even um, um, incentive management for people for wellness. And so through all that, I kind of, kind of moved through and used everything and built on it to my most recent career has been actually as a small business owner. I own a business here in our community and I was helping to provide insurance services for people. And the irony is I chose, I was doing that for about eight years and I chose um, late last year, like in 2019, to look to sell my business. And the wild thing is I actually settled and sold my insurance business on March the 1st of 2020. Who would have expected? I mean, one year, I, I actually think I did something like a Facebook Live where I said, you know, I'm selling my business and I'm, I'm getting ready to start something new. So, which I was, and I did. And, you know, along the way, you and I kind of had an interesting journey. But, you know, one of the biggest blessings was selling my business right before COVID. 
opened up something I, you know, a year later, I never would have expected. Well, it's also funny because when you had done that, I know Kim and I were talking to you about it and our friend, uh, you know, our friend Glenna Crooks was talking to you as well. And we were all like, Kelly, this is a perfect time for you to space between the notes and you need to just relax and decide what you want to do next. And we, we were all kind of advising you like, you need to go take a trip and go on a retreat and go away. Uh, that didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> no, my, my husband Rick and I were expecting that part of, we were going to be going, uh, we were planning a trip to Italy right, right. around April. Mm -hmm. Well, we all know how that is. And actually, I was telling a friend today that um, the last time we went out to dinner yeah. was on March the 13th, my last birthday. And then we all know what happened March the 16th. Right. So right. It's, it's amazing. And it actually really is great to see, if you think about it, is like how amazing the world can shift and you have no idea. Yeah. One of the things that, um, and you know, because I've been working on this for a while and been working with uh, my brother-in-law, your husband, Rick, on a book that I'm doing that's called Make and Ask of Yourself. And in this past year, without you and I really planning on how to do it, we've been making a lot of asks of each other. And it's really important to me to kind of, uh, people that really don't know about our background or our family background or whatever, I think it's important for us to kind of put a stake in the ground and and you bravely, from my perspective, you bravely made an ask of me, not knowing what the outcome would be. Um, and in, in many regards, you know, I had my life that I was leading. You had your life that you were leading. Um, um, our, your daughter, my niece, Lauren, wasn't a big fan of me because I was kind of off in my own little world doing my J things. And yeah, we had, we would get together for holidays and things, but we really, for many, 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 many years, we had a surface relationship. We really didn't do a lot together. And so what I, what I would really like you to kind of share, because I, a lot of times in sharing what any of us experience, some people maybe hear something for themselves and maybe if they have a relationship that they want to open up a conversation, explore, heal, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes when they hear other people doing it and kind of how it happens, um, it may help them. So who, who, who was I to you? Before, like we're in a very different spot now. Before you asked me what you asked me, like what was that all about? And talk about our separate room, like a little bit of that, you know, so you, that would be helpful. Well, it's interesting because, you know, on the surface, when we were growing up, we had this almost what you think of as an Ozzy and Harriet kind of family, or at least that's what we we thought. We thought. And the one thing that was really interesting is that there was a lot of you had your way, like you had your pathway and I had my pathway. And actually, interestingly enough, our mother actually created that. I mean, we have a joke in our family that. When you and I would laugh, giggle, get together, do things together, um, it was definitely not supported. So it was like, okay, if you did your thing and I did my thing, but getting us together was not okay. And we're really different in our interests. Right. But the funny part, the joke is one in one room and one in the other. And we literally lived in a Cape Cod and we each had a bedroom on the top of the Cape Cod and there was a hallway. And when we got too close, we were literally put in different rooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, so. From the beginning, the expectation that we were not part of like a whole, that was kind of like how we grew up. Um, you got along a lot more with mom. I was definitely very close to dad. And I mean, not that we weren't all close, but the bottom sure. line is if you want to look at that. So 
the reality is we kind of have parallel lives and we would get together at holidays. You raised your kids. I raised my kids. But really, it was very separate. And it was kind of like we were related, but we didn't relate. Yeah, that's a great way. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think that seems to happen not in every family, but it seems to happen a lot. And I think that what's been interesting in the past year and not what we would wish to have have happened, but because you're an RN, um, yeah, I think I'm I'm somebody who has a lot of lady tendencies. I have a great female approach to a lot of things, maybe because I was around mom a lot. So I kind of feel like I'm more feminine at times than masculine, but in the in the scheme of a lot of times where men don't really take responsibility for stuff sometimes in terms of like family care, elder care, um, it wasn't on my radar screen. And you were close to mom and dad. You were being affected by it. It was becoming extremely stressful, and you really weren't able in your mind to count on me. And so you had to do something. You had to make an ask. What was that? Well, what, what's interesting, I think this is important if I could share something is, you know, sometimes we think things are the way they are and we we actually expect them to keep going that way. Mm. And the break in that is really almost interrupting the pattern. So our pattern was, and I would say I took it on, mom and dad would get sick, they'd need health issues. They'd actually, you know, when they were getting older, we were really worried about mom's mobility. Right. I was concerned as like, we got to move them closer so they could be closer to me so that I could help. So I take care of the medical and it's the joke, nurse nub, that's my nickname, you know, call nurse nub and all of that. But I almost expected that for part of my life was going to be, I would be responsible for mom and dad yeah. alone because you were doing your thing, you know? And so, and the funny thing, anybody that knows Jay, he's got a voicemail that says, hi, this is Jay. I don't really use voicemail, but if you really need to get a hold of me, it's better if you text, something like that. So I kind of expected that that was going to be the way it is. And I'm not sure exactly what shifted, but one day I had that conversation with you and it's like, Jay, you know what? I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I can't count on you. And I got to know, will you, are you willing to be a partner with me now, or is it that I'm alone? Right. And if I am, I got it and I'll do it. So I guess that's the act. Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, you know, it's one of those things I think that a lot of times we have things that we would like and we just, almost in fairness to the person or in unfairness to the person, we don't ask. Um, yeah. We're afraid of the rejection. And also a lot of times it's because we can own especially if we think the person's kind of a pain in the butt or whatever, it's like, we can own it. Like, I'm not, he would say no or whatever. And I I think that um, it wasn't only you asked me, but you also asked me in a way that you weren't making me wrong. You genuinely were curious and you wanted to know, and there wasn't any judgment. And I think you and I talked about that before. It's also a lot easier to get somebody to participate in something if you're just legitimately like, you're not putting all kinds of guilt and pressure on things. And so, it was very clear. I understood what you were talking about. And we didn't know what that was going to be. At that time, when you were asking that, we didn't know the course of events <laughs> that were going to happen. We, we really didn't know. So, well, yeah. And to be fair to you, I had had in my mind made up what I thought was on the other side. Yeah. And like I had a belief of what that you didn't want to participate. Whatever, and 
one of the biggest surprises for me, back to surprises. Yeah. You didn't know. Mm, you no. weren't, you didn't have that. You mm. didn't know. So I'm setting up an expectation in my head, putting it on you, and you right. didn't have a clue what I would. So the aha was the ask opened that window to you saying, I didn't see that that's how it was coming across. And I think that was the breakthrough. And the breakthrough for me was seeing that you had no idea. So all this stuff I had believed you were thinking, yeah. it was like an awareness, like, wait a minute, how would I know if I don't ask? Yeah, and it's interesting because I've been having a lot of conversations with people today. It was kind of cool. I had a conversation with a person in London, had a conversation with somebody in LA, um, a little bit younger than you and I. And, and it's interesting because I've learned over the past year, I've constantly, ever since you and I've gone through this transition of asking and listening, I talk to people now and I say, look, I really don't know your relationships. I don't need to know everything, but I will tell you for yourself when you're telling me you're stressed, I'm finding when you ask other people and tell them kind of what's going on and more importantly, you ask them generously, like, how are you? Just asking them. People are not, especially now, they're not used to being asked and somebody's really there to listen. So I think the, what's good now is there's an opportunity for listening. And I think that's the part for you and I, let's, if we if we fast forward a little bit to um, what transpired in this past year um, in 2020 with dad and then mom, I think that's important because a lot of people that we know are dealing with elder care and they, at some point in time, everybody's gonna deal with it. And you and I, by working together, it's been very helpful, not only for you and I individually, I think it's been helpful for our family and it was helpful for our mom and dad through that process. So to kind of explain from your perspective, um, from a nurse or whatever, like just kind of explain the dad story a little bit. Let's just kind of go from dad into mom a little bit. Well, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things, probably one of our breakthroughs, and this happened a couple of years ago, was when we saw that mom and dad really shouldn't be living in their home by themselves. And yep. it's the funny part is we set it up because we're really concerned about our mom. Yep. Um, her mobility is challenging. And our dad was still running his business and he was starting to have some memory issues. You know, not bad, but he was still adhering. He had difficulty hearing. So the irony is we helped them move closer to where I live with the expectation we were doing that for mom's safety. And flash forward to about this time last year, Dad was having significant issues with his dementia. And when mom and dad were together, they were okay as long as they, you know, like he had memory issues, she had mobility issues, but put them together, they were somewhat stable. Ta challenges that right about this time last year, it was really clear dad needed more socialization, needed more support, needed more support for his dementia. And my, unfortunately, our mom was a big no. She tends to be a big no. So I worked through getting him into adult daycare for dementia, and he was actually doing pretty well for a bit. But then COVID happened. And so what ended up happening was dad needed more, and he needed more structure, and he was getting more dangerous. He was actually getting angry. He was starting to leave. He was starting to be unsafe. And so the challenge was, I guess that was maybe April, Jay. I mean, it's hard yeah. to remember. Um, but in April, dad had actually um, literally left home by himself and had to be brought back by police a couple of times. And so what it was really clear, it was unsafe. So we worked together, Jay and I, yeah. to help move dad into a memory care. And 
it was okay for about a month. But part about our dad is he was a person that was wanted to be in the world, wanted to be with people. And the confining nature of a memory care center combined with COVID and the inability for him to really be by, you know, to, to be with people literally was something that his brain just couldn't handle. And so from when we put him in memory care in May through when he died in August, it basically was a quick, like, just his, his, and everything just went down the tubes. There's no other way of putting it to the point at which he was really not responsive. He wasn't there. So through that, through COVID, through all of that, as partners, Jay and I were really joined at the hip. And I, and, yeah, and the thing I want to say about that is that not being somebody in the medical side, um, I, I really recommend if you have to do something like this, you need to find somebody that you can be with because we were faced with so many kinds of not only medical issues, then you have family issues. Mom wasn't wild about the whole thing, what was going on with dad. She was extremely resistant and she was afraid, but she didn't know how to express it. So there's a whole dance of the seven veils that happens that we experience and when we've talked to other people about it. So one of the things that I know you and I have looked at is being able to help other people kind of traverse that and learn that as well. So what ends up happening is it's not just that one person we were focusing on dad, but then we had to also deal with, it's like air traffic control. We were dealing with mom and then we're dealing with all kinds of things. And, but it was a lot easier for me when I had, I could lean on you because like there had to be some doctor conversations and stuff like, I don't know, I don't know what the hell people do with that you have no point of reference and you knew how to traverse that. So I think that's, I think if you don't have somebody in your family that understands medical stuff, you need to have an advocate or somebody that you can talk to because otherwise you're gonna feel really uncomfortable because you don't know what, you really don't know what to do. But, and the other thing we did, and we did this together before dad's dementia got to the point where he couldn't make decisions. I think one of the things that I look back on was one of the best things that ever happened is that we had worked with mom and dad in an elder care attorney a couple of years ago. And so we had clear understanding of what yep. dad wanted, yep. and what mom wanted. We had the paperwork done. So literally when we had to, to basically help dad travel through this in a, in a state that he couldn't make his own decisions. You and I had the comfort of knowing we knew what he wanted. And yeah. we also, as mom was having difficulty with it, she was not burdened with it because I think about it, if we hadn't had that, all of that done, it would have been much more difficult. Not to mention, and we talk about this all the time, we, you and I, we're almost able to play jazz together. So right. when I would kick in and be nurse and all of that would happen, you were there for support. And there's some times when, you know, it's sometimes good to know what's going on medically as yeah. a person. And sometimes it really sucks. I hate to say it that way, but knowing where things are going, it's like yeah. I, as a nurse, I already knew things weren't great. So sometimes I would just have to deal with it and then call you and just say, oh, this is awful. And this is how it is, but we, whoops, I lost my ear. We were partners in it. Yeah. And I can't even think about what it would have been like to be with somebody who's not. Yeah. So dad passed away August 1st. Um, and there was a part as we kind of come towards the end of this conversation, when we get there, um, one of the, the wonderful things that happened for us in dad's passing, which we first, 
you know, parent to be lost. We never experienced that before. So you and I then went from the whole medical thing into the whole like going to the, you know, meeting with the funeral director and that they were great people and they're very helpful. But it's like one of those weird journeys. You don't really get to practice. You know, you and I in business, we get to practice a lot of stuff. This isn't one of the things you really get to practice. And we learned a lot in the process. And what was probably the most wonderful thing that happened out of it, we did have a great service for dad. People showed up. It was beautiful. It was outside. It was by a pond. It was very much like how our father was in terms of being an outdoorsman. And it was it was a great service. And what really we knew our dad to be somebody that was a really good person, just without a doubt, good. But the gift that we were given by being able to have people safely come to the service was there was a whole world beyond what we had known of things that even people, how dad had been to people. And it really uh, created a halo effect, I think, in many regards. It's like you and I kind of have felt it wasn't our plan, but as we kept going forward, as we took care of dad and then... Then we had to move from taking care of dad to like, okay, now mom's alone. She's not wild about this. She's in a household by herself. She's really not able to be by herself. And then what would what would dad do? You know, well, we knew we needed to get her out of there. That was not going well at all. Um, if there was a mud wrestle, there was a lot of not good stuff that was happening. And we didn't think for a while there was ever going to get good. And I'll fast forward a little bit, but then you can come back to it. But we went through some very scary, very cranky stuff. And right now, She's at a really good spot. I would have never thought that would be the case from where she was. So kind of what, from your perspective, what was the, the dad was gone. Now we were working with mom. We did the whole house thing. What was your perspective of all that? Because let's be honest here. Um, let's be honest. I was more of mom's favorite. You weren't. Okay. You were more dad's favorite. I mean, dad and I got along. We did. But yeah. you, you, were, you definitely, dad listened to you completely. Um, and mom, you know, she kind of thinks I'm funnier. And so she kind of, she thinks you yell at her all the time. You never yell. It's just, you tell her what she needs to do. And so when you tell her what she needs to do, she thinks you're yelling. And it's like, mom, Kelly's not yelling at you. But anyway, <laughs> what's, your, what's your mom perspective? Well, I think it's interesting. And, and what I would say, and, and sometime we'll have a real conversation about dad. Um, we had the most amazing father yep. ever. I mean, I know people say that, but I mean, as a, you know, in my in my age, when I was growing up, I was raised by a mom who was a stay at home mom. Right. And in in the so basically 70s, 80s, whatever, as I was going out of school, the expectation for women was, what are you going to be? OK, mm. what kind of career and an expectation? You're going to be a mom. You're going to be whatever and have all of this, but really no role model right. to how to do it. So the thing I was really lucky is dad was really my role model because he was, you know, and things would happen is I could actually test authority with him. And dad was a very alpha male yeah. where his word was the law. But somehow I was really lucky that I was able to say dad could say something was, you know, a certain way. And I could literally test that authority and say, well, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I don't agree. Here's my point. And one of the things he w gave me was that freedom to basically push back. Right. He gave me the way to, and I was able to do it respectfully, mm -hmm. but I was able to test authority and, and actually have a conversation and even do that. So the, the thing kind of, I know this is going around, but the thing about that was what I learned how to do is to be very forthright. Mm -hmm. I am, I always tell people, I'm going to tell you three things. The truth, I don't know, or I can't say. 
That's it. You're going to, I could you take that to the bank, nothing else, but that direct approach, especially as a woman to a woman. Yeah. Sometimes. And that's where I'd say with mom, it comes across as yelling because when I don't agree with her or I sort of don't coat sugarcoat it, that's her, her perception of yelling. And the funny part is I also know she counts on me to do that. So it's kind of like a double bind and then it's okay. But I'd say for that transition of trying to get mom to a safe place. Yeah. I really did have to play the heavy. You did. And you got to be, and it's good because you could be the kind, funny guy. And I had to say, yeah, and this is it. Well, as you know, you know, Terry Clinton, my friend, Terry Clinton, who's executive director at the Y. Um, mm -hmm. She, one of the best compliments. I've been reviewed by all kinds of people, all 360 degree review, all kinds of things. And she, she said, who I was to her and to the people at the Y was that I was fluffy. And I didn't really like that being fluffy. And really what she meant is I just have a softer way of communicating with people. Maybe it's just, I'm just that way at times, but I've learned over time that at least for me, that was one of the ways that I always was. And a lot of times because I wanted people to like me. So I want to be, I've learned, I've actually moved beyond, I can be fluffy, but I also have learned from you and I really respect because I've watched what you did you've kind of helped me see that you still can be a good person and you can be really direct and honest and just be very clear. And I think that's one of the things that probably helped us in our relationship as well. There were some times when I've done some things that really pissed you off and you would have a conversation with me and I'm like, didn't realize that, I got it, okay. And then you and I would clear. So I think that that communication, like what happened through this whole process with dad and then mom, whatever you talk about jazz, by being together, and being in a situation, the catalyst has been we become better communicators, I think, not only to um, each other, but I think we've gotten better to our spouses and kids and cross-section back. And I find all of our family actually seems to be more interested and engaged than we ever were before, which is, I think, has been a great byproduct of this as well. Yeah. Well, and I want to give you a lot of credit, too, because, I mean, you know, we talk about sort of the roles and things. But what I would say, and, you know, we, we had lots of teary moments. Dad being the alpha man and the man who we could count on. Yeah. And I think you always had this expectation of yourself you couldn't be counted on. Right. And what what happened through this is you stepped up and you stepped into dad's shoes. And I can't give you a better compliment than that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think you know that. Yeah, no, I do know that. And I think that's because you and I both got the gift of seeing what it would be like to be a person that would step up and yeah. something beyond our own ego and what would serve a particular person. So I think both you and I have always wanted to be giving and we, I think generally are very giving, but I think we have had a kind of a transformation in the past year of seeing that, you know what, we're not gonna be around forever, no one is. And it's a lot nicer to be in a place of giving and sharing genuinely versus expecting something to come back right away. And I just, it's very freeing. Well, and you've caught it before. I mean, dad's death, his illness and his death was really a, you know, it's a near life experience. Yeah, it really and has. Actually, I would say that's probably one of the best things um, we could honor him by. And he would love it. He oh. would be sit he's sitting up there somewhere, grinning from ear to ear, like he always did, quietly. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So. so, with all that, one of the things that happened was 
you know, and like you said, we'll come back. There's some different times we want to be able to talk about some different points because we think there's some things that we can share that will help people that are in the elder care space and some other things along that line. Um, when all this was going on, you were in the midst of all this. At the same time, you were still trying from the time you sold your business. You were like in this whole, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm wondering, I'm pondering. Then you had your friends where you live. Like, have you retired? What are you doing? Like, you were in this <laughs> discovery mode. And so, you know, it's kind of that space between the notes. Um, with all of that, uh, what, what I've really, I've asked, you know, I'm always up to something. I'm always doing something, all kinds of things. And you know what I've been doing in the past while. I asked you, it was really more of an inquiry based upon kind of sharing what I was up to. I, I had this inquiry and, and ask of like, you know, uh, I do certain things really well. And then there's stuff I would fire myself at because I'm not really good at it. You've had such a great, strong, eclectic background in terms of being an entrepreneur, having a very high level corporate position, having your MBA. You have a very much of a business mindset and you also have a compassionate and empathetic mindset and you know the world that I traffic in or have been since Biggest Loser has been the area of helping and inspiring people to create lives that they love and living them well. And so I had asked you, I said, I'm up to this and I would love you to really join in what we're doing here. Would you be interested without it being definition, would you be interested in being part of this? Would you be interested in creating it? And that was my ask back to you um, because I thought we've had fun playing and playing jazz and stuff. And it just seemed like it was, I never saw this coming. It wasn't like I had this master plan, but it, all of a sudden it just, we spent so much time in a very stressful situation and we seemed to be able to make things work. I was like, would you have any interest in this? So that was my ask. So what, what kind of, where, where's your head? What are you thinking about from what that conversation has been? Well, I, I think, I mean, the bottom line is I'm a big yes, period. Which, you know, the bottom line is when you find people that you enjoy working mm -hmm. with and have fun doing mm -hmm. and you can contribute to others, I see, if anything, it's just, you know, me supporting what you're doing, you supporting what I do, and for us to take it to the world and really contributing, that's what, that's the, if I would say, the legacy I want to leave forever yeah. is that I've made the play, the world and a person's life a little bit better. And so fun. And the fun part is taking talents and putting them together, I think is something that's almost like magic. And so um, I'm excited because I think already we're starting to have things happen, you know, yeah. in the background and things start to have things happen. And when you make that shift and you start going in that and you actually bring together great people, which is kind of what we're doing, is that's when you can actually make a big contribution. So I'm excited. Well, I'm excited. And one of the things in, in, in closing this out, we were going to try to say it at 30 minutes. We're over a little bit, but um, it's fine. But you said something the other day. To me, what you said the other day in a conversation we had, I want to use it as a North Star in everything we're working with. Um, and I think it comes from your background of everything you've done in your life. And what you said when we were having this conversation, you can come up with everything and every reason, every what, you know, when people say, what's your why, whatever. But I love what you said is you said, whenever we're working on something, if we, if we start with what's the point, like literally, what's the point? And let's say we were offering a course or we were doing whatever, like even this conversation tonight, to me, what the point was, was at least to put a stake in the ground for you to be able to 
share with people that know you, okay, and kind of know what you're up to. That was the point of you kind of coming out and letting people know what you're up to. <laughs> Me coming out and letting people know that, hey, I do have a sister. You do see some pictures every once in a while, but we've been kind of doing some stuff behind the scenes. And the, to me, the point was an opportunity for not only for you and I to kind of put a stake in the ground of what we want to do together, but maybe it's a catalyst for other people to go, you know what, I, I think we might need to have a conversation. Like, who is in your life? Who out there in your life could you do the, kind of like what Kelly and I are doing right now? We're, we are working together to, as I said to you before, my whole thing is creating a life that we want each of us to be able to create a life that we love and to live it well. That's a very broad statement. I get that. But if you really think about it, when you get to the end of your life, if you've created a life that you've loved, you've contributed to other people or whatever, and you've been able to maintain some level of vitality and energy, and, and we're always going to have an issue, that's a pretty good life as far as I can tell. And even though our dad passed away and, and, and he had some memory issues, dementia, Bottom line, Dad said in the last year, as he knew he was going downhill, he, he kept just saying, I've had a great life. I've had it. Yep, every time. There every is time. nothing but that. Yeah. And I would say one, one last thing, the whole yes. what's the point. If you if you ask yourself the question of anything you do, anything you want, any where you go, what's the point? You really do have that North Star, which is kind of what Dad kind of gave us as a guideline. But I would just say, Think about the people in your life that just are there that you don't even recognize the value or the magic or the, or I would say I live most of my life side by side with an extraordinary person. That's you. Mm -hmm. And didn't even discover you in that extraordinary light until, you know, life kind of pushed us a certain way but i would just say open your eyes because it's sometimes those things that you don't even see that are right in front of you yeah now that's that's a i love that that kelly is really a great way to look at it because um i know i was it was a blind spot and and I, and it's been it's been wonderful to be able to have gotten rid of that blind spot and and not only has it done it for you and i it's done it for our spouses it's done it for the kids i mean Everybody just seems to be really, we're having fun. The, I mean, I don't have any grandchildren. We have Toby. He's great. I love Toby, but we don't have grandchildren. But I do have grandchildren through you, and I have a hysterical time you know, being Uncle Jay to the girls and having fun. And So the point is we have people around us. And I think one, one of the things that came out of COVID I think has been helpful is I know that for all of us, we're kind of discovering we did realize we were missing people. And I know for you, when you did this whole uh, pod boss thing, all of a sudden oh. woke up and like, oh my God, I'm missing people. You know, which I, did, I just, the people, it's so great to, to pe be with people. And we can do it in all kinds of ways. But right. I but I found that, yeah, it just like feeds your soul. But those people that you see every day, you like give them an extra hug and realize that it is precious and wonderful. Like that's the magic of life is each other. Well, thank you for being here, and I'm excited for us to continue some very specific conversations about certain topics where we'll probably say tonight's we're talking about such and such, and what's the point? You know, is it somehow <laughs> going to come out of, it's going to definitely come out of that. Um, and I look forward to continue to you know play jazz with you, creating things. Um, we'll be back many times, and please, uh, anybody's listened to this, if there's something you've gotten from it, please share with friends, family. Um, thank you for your generosity of time. Please feel free to reach out to Kelly, reach out to me, reach out to all of us. Um, we're here to, to, to learn and to support, and we get tremendous amount 
of gifts from you guys and your comments and how you're sharing with other people. The, the grow, going beyond the scale community has been growing rapidly because of what you guys have been doing and engaging. And I'm so proud of seeing people supporting each other. It's a, it's a great feeling seeing that happen. So until we meet again, thank you again for being here and you will be thank seeing you. very much uh, in the near future. Okay. Have a great okay. evening. Guys. Good night.